Hi, Tom. Hello, Heron. So I have but three topics for this evening, really two and a half. Do you have anything you want to kick off with? <laughs> oh, I got a couple things. Very cool. Um, I watched uh, the movie called Bridge of Spies mm. and uh, found it to be quite entertaining. It, it mm. didn't have much of a payoff, mm. but, you know, it, it ended, it just ended. But the portrayal of the Soviet spy the guy who did that uh, just it was just interesting just you know just the the whole thing mm. <laughs> you know i thought was entertaining well done thought provoking so mm. just thought i'd throw that out there i love the revenant by the way oh yeah i, I thought that was too. an amazing film and i think you probably missed out seeing it on the big screen i don't want to say too much for the listeners but the early battle sequence, like we were close to the front of the cinema, uh-huh. was just absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. The, the, the whole, yeah, the, it was... It I was, mean, the whole movie was like yeah. that, but that yeah. in particular yeah. was just... And the camera work and everything was just amazing. In contrast to, what was it called? Was it called Sirico or something? The one about the Mexican cartel? Oh, yeah, Sicaro. Sicaro. Yeah. I didn't yeah. like that at all. Really? The, the Revenant uh, yeah. made up for it. Interesting. Yeah, I liked them both a lot. I yeah. thought. Uh, I, I think Sicario, for me, because I read about that whole, like, you know, Mexican cartel and this kind of stuff, and it yeah. was really slow to start off with. And then by the midpoint, something started to happen, but really, I just lost interest by that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I found it yeah. good. I liked it. So. Yeah, but yeah. The Revenant Untouchable, I think it's the best film I've seen, you know, in the past year. Yeah, so. it was uh, It was very good. Yeah, it's, not it's spotlight no- off off that list actually so yeah yeah, yeah. okay well uh so enough about that uh and it, i'm thinking about well i'm reading this book on artificial life that you're not impressed with but i'm having a great time let me let me, let me just caveat this i have very few nemeses i have very few nemeses that i've written about for more than a decade yeah nick bostrom just doesn't tick any of my boxes and it's funny that yeah. you know did you recall that i might have mentioned on maybe five prior stone apes nick bostrom Oh, the name sounded familiar. I mean, I've heard, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there's all sorts of shit I hear from all sorts of places. It but all just goes in, in there. You knew it in advance, right? Well, no, no, I didn't really. I mean, I knew the name. I uh-huh. mean, but, you know, but even that didn't register. Uh, I, I just read the synopsis of, of the book and uh, thought that sounded interesting. And, mm. and I've really only just started it, so mm. I, I haven't come to any conclusion. But I like the way he thinks. I like, uh, yeah, I like the way he thinks. Very good. Yeah. Well, you like a lot of people the way a lot of people think. So, yeah. I mean, my, yeah, there are a yeah. lot of people that uh, that I think, yeah, good, good for you. I like what you're doing. Somebody's doing that. Good. Yes. There are probably lots of people doing it. And some maybe, well, again, it's not better. They're, they're playing different games, you know? There were, I mean, I've I experienced this in my lifetime, but there were a series of scholars, or really just authors, that wrote about places where they had never been. And they had wrote, they had written in such compelling fashion yeah. that they developed an audience. My mother, well, it depends my mother, on what they're writing about. I mean, My mother has not- a series of authors that yeah. were part of her circle yeah. that would frequently write about US cities. And when I would meet them, typically at book launches and things like uh-huh. that, I would ask them, have you ever been to Seattle? How about New York? How much time have you spent in New yeah. York? None of them had ever been there. You have a quote from someone yeah. associated with... Uh, if he had ever left Rome. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, right. John Barth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of a person who has uh, <laughs> never left Athens. Yeah. Yes, anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, yes. Well, it depends on what he's writing about. I mean, I can't, I can't really. I mean, that does sound odd on the surface of it. But on the other hand, I can imagine writing about something, writing about people's perceptions of something that I haven't directly experienced. But uh, their perceptions are what I'm commenting on. Your last, the topic that you raised last week associated with people who had never had any sexual experience. <laughs> As opposed to theoretical knowledge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah right. Well, that's just, again, it's not to discount the theoretical knowledge. It's just simply to draw the distinction between them. That's well, all. It's interesting because a priori, just thinking about things, you can make a series of mistakes and then build a career based on those mistakes. Well, it's called, yeah, life. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're actually in the trenches doing some of the things, you get a sense of, you know, I used to do this with BioLive all the time. I mean, we had people on that had never experienced, you know, multi-core processor computing, and they came to it from, you know, a mid-70s perspective of what computing was based on, and they were fun to chat with, but really, 
there's perspectives associated with modern day computing was always very curious. And if I took them to task on it, it digressed very rapidly. Yeah, I've, well, but that's yeah. true with just about every. I mean, that that that's just ninety eight percent of human beings are in precisely that state with their whole life. I don't. Talk I don't theory. argue with you. I don't argue with you. That's that's <laughs> well, not I my point. I've just come to terms. My with it. my just point is more anymore. <laughs> that, well, I mean, in contrast to, and I posted this on your Facebook page, David Kirsch, who went to MIT, studied under Rodney Brook and the the people there that were doing you know, Ant and Earwig simulations in the mid to late 80s. I mean, my perspective is David Kirsch, from actually going to one of these labs as a philosopher, as Bostrom is, got so much more and so much, like, intricate analysis through that experience. Well, I, Bostrom I is say, writing... I, I'm, not, I'm not quarreling with that. Yeah. I'm just saying that doesn't... The value of one is not how you judge the value of another. Well, you know, there are two guys writing. I'm getting a lot out of this book. I'm finding it very useful. Okay, it's it's uh, getting me to think about things that I hadn't really thought about before, uh, specifically. Mm. And um, and I I like that. I, I like his approach. I don't really give a shit who else wrote anything. I like this. You recommended a book sufficient for me to purchase as associated with. Something associated with like the language of computers, where a fellow oh written... computer theology, yes, is computer that theology, yeah. that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, a, a big letdown in the end. But well, but, you recommended but, uh, it absolutely furiously. Oh up yeah, until the yeah, end. yeah. Well, it was a great trip. It just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, brace yourself, Aaron. Brace yourself. <laughs> well, no, I don't expect this to go anywhere. I expect this to just dump some information into my head about some areas that I hadn't that I really am not an expert in or anything. I don't Let me know. give you another perspective associated with this. Bostrom's primary work that I wrote upon in my little chapter on his work contradicted everything he did after that. He's a Wittgenstein kind of guy. I can yeah, see why I was you're just affiliated say, with yes. You could hear it coming. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good for him. He's got some balls. <laughs> well, what's curious is that most people that read his first work and then read his works following yeah. don't pick up that his perspective has changed dramatically. It's uh -huh. one of those curious things that there are countless web pages and forum posts yeah. and even published articles. Well, is that a science. big surprise? I'm just saying. These are, <laughs> these are points along the way that I'm just yeah. offering you. Well, again, it's all totally irrelevant to me. Mm. The book is thought-provoking for me. Mm. That's all I need. Mm. I don't give a shit about the rest of it. I don't care if he beats his dog. Well, I think that genuinely is irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he does. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure it's a metaphor, too. Yeah. But moving on from that. <laughs> well, in any case, yes. um, in reading this, I started thinking about Moore's Law. Yes. And, you know, and when I look at the computers I've owned over the last 10 years, mm. uh, <laughs> they're not keeping up with Moore's Law. They're well, doing it with. you're not using them in certain capacities. Well, 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 for one thing, they're going to multi-core. I mean, that's a, that's a big difference, you know. I mean, because the, it, really, if they could met, build faster chips, they wouldn't need. Well, multi-core is a good thing too, but that was their their backup plan. Well, the interesting <laughs> thing know? about multi-core is that if you program computers in a particular way, the terminology is reactive programming. Yeah, you get to utilize multi-core more than just the number of cores. We've talked about this, maybe a year and a half to two years ago, because this is what Intel used Noble 8 for, was of finding ways of adapting processing, this is the underlying mathematics for folks listening in, in order to utilize more than the processors that were available by yeah. actually dividing things into almost like atomic slithers that they could just yeah. Yeah. force through at a faster rate. Yeah, so, absolutely. That makes a lot of yeah. sense, yeah. Moore's Law, while originally applied to hardware... I think well, it was about the number of transistors up exactly. to square exactly. area. Yes. <laughs> While originally applied to hardware, as continued on through an interesting kind of, I don't know what we'll call it, blending, for want of a better term, between software and hardware. Now, for many things, you don't get to utilize this benefit, but for code that's specifically written for this kind of processing you do get to utilize the benefit, and actually most of the times... Well, but see, that's used. not the issue I'm actually interested in, though. What I'm interested in is finding out whether or not they are continuing, whether Moore's Law on, on the physical side of it, in fact, hasn't 
a pretty much come to a thing. Uh, you can't use the term physical in this in this sense. It's well, you yeah, I think we can. We can talk the about movement a between chip. hardware and yeah, but that the chip is useless without electrons yeah, yeah, flying through it, and that. the software drives the electrons. Yes, of course, but it's also the rest of it's useless without that. So that proves nothing. So I'm just asking no, a simple I do, I question. Think, no, I think it does prove something. Well, I th- you don't want to answer my question. Well, your question is associated with the original definition of Moore's Law. No, no, I'm, I'm telling you what my question okay. is. My question is, is the number of uh, processors on a, in a square area continuing to double every two years? No. No, it's not. Okay. And, and I suspect it's come damn near to a halt. I don't think that's the case. Well, well, still, well, certainly they are getting more on. I mean, it's clear, but but it, they're getting it. Well, that's the question. Is that what's next? Because I don't really need. Well, I could use more processing power, but frankly, what I've got is overkill for ninety-five percent of what I do on this computer, and I suspect that's true for most people. What's the difference between a living dog and a dead dog? I mean, what you're saying well, is... Well, it depends on how long it's been dead. Well, I mean, what you're saying is that computing power, as far as you're concerned, is a dead dog. No, I'm, no, I'm just simply asking whether uh, Moore's Law is... Well, no, no, I'm just talking about the physical side. I'm talking about... Again, are they the able use of the term build, physical here... Is, I'm talking about the chips. How many transistors can they put on a given square area of okay. we've discussed that well and the question and the answer to that is is that continuing to go up or or are they i mean from everything i've been or many things i've read read is that they're getting down pretty close to the end of this thing and it's getting harder and harder to get any more on there and it, and i'm just asking you is that in fact true yes but i don't think it answers the well, no, this is separate. no, no, I, I understand that. I'm not. I can distinguish between the two. I'm just asking the f- question on the hardware. So, to get radically better performance, uh, the answer isn't going to come from putting more chips or more uh, transistors on a chip. It's going to come from <laughs> some other domain somehow. And, and and that's why I was, I, I'm also interested in, in supercomputers. Mm. You know, it, it seemed like every year there was a new supercomputer that just blew all the other ones out. <laughs> you know, and now I haven't read much about it in the last few years. You know, um, I mean, th- but that's a, that's a whole different game. But I mean, are they continuing to increase their power significantly, or is that sort of come to a standstill? Well, if if you're Perception is purely that silicon per square inch or number of transistors. No, I'm not or these asking. Things. No, in this case, I'm asking. So you're moving on from that. Well, right. no, that's a that? separate issue. I'm, I'm just curious whether in in these so-called supercomputers that, but of course, they're made up basically of just thousands of regular old computers, aren't they? Ta-da! <laughs> of course, their software is extremely different. Yes. Ta-da. Well, I, and again, that's so, so that the issue is what, what this brings me into uh, thinking is is the next thirty, forty years, mm. all the stuff about the singularity and, mm. and all sorts of stuff, and duplicating human brains and and synthesizing it in software and all that. I mean, the the, the needs uh, just physically to deal with that kind of data is huge and. I'm just curious what your thinking is about that. Are we going to have computers that can support the kinds of really amazing scenarios that some people are coming up with for the future? You know, um, I've just sort of assumed that that we are headed towards the matrix. I guess. Well, again, I mean, you already we've talked about this many times associated with my particular position on this. And my perspective is that simulating a human brain is almost like a paradox in a number of ways, particularly based on the biological and yeah. philosophical approaches that we've come to a human brain. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really interested in duplicating human awareness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- that's, that should be included sort of as a special case, maybe. <laughs> but 
uh, yeah, it's it's way beyond human as far as I can see. I mean, fucking humans don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> Certainly. But, I mean, then it begs the question, what is the metric for intelligence in the system? And, again, yeah, based actually on Bostrom's work, I've written on this. So, yeah, I mean, my perspective is, is pretty clear that by any definition of singular and intelligence that seems to herald any meaning or any kind of continued dialogue, we are post-singular. It's now our responsibility to start Well, some of us are, you know, a, a tenth of one percent of people. No, the singularity doesn't relate to a human being. It relates to technological infrastructure that can survive. Whoa, where the hell did that come from? It came from human beings. <laughs> well... Well, I mean, I mean, like, well, it came from the planet. Again, yeah. it's not about assigning some, you know, father to something. The, yeah. the issue is just what's happening here. Exactly. And um, and thanks to yeah, individuals. I, but see, that's always been true. As far as I'm concerned, Earth has always been a single living But, order. I mean, let's be clear here. My writing associated with this was very critical of the gentleman who you have now enjoyed his writing of, primarily because the philosophical potholes that put forth, like, people such as Mr. Bostrom are ones that, um, you know, people dive into boots and all and don't actually yield any, like, long-term dialogue or philosophical tools to allow us to explore where we are currently, let alone where I, we will be I in don't the understand what you just said at all. I haven't got a clue. Where's your Try wine glass? Again. Why don't you uh, get your wine glass? Uh, okay, if you insist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That'll take care of my logic. Exactly. <laughs> Knock that thing down and we'll have a good discussion. Hold on. My writing associated with Boston's work came out, I think, nearly 10 years ago. And it related to his first paper, which was disproving that simulated universes were possible, in some regard contradicting his later work. But let's just look at that initially. And my criticism through his writing was that we... <laughs> Wait a minute. I mean, I can't even get past that. You know, it's really, a, it's not about whether you can do it or whether you can't do it. It's about how well you can do it. Isn't it? I mean, well, it's, it's not Boston's just as original, simple as it's impossible. It's just... Well, in Boston's original writing, he heralded a number of self-created a priori paradoxes, which in his writing asserted that it would be impossible. Okay, well, okay. But I suspect it was a bit more nuanced than what the way you're presenting it. Maybe I'm wrong. It I mean, has I an find, introduction, yeah. it has a conclusion. There are words in between, but the introduction to the conclusion give that... I mean, I'm, I'm giving a spoiler here. I won't give a spoiler yeah. with regards to The Revenant, but I'll give a spoiler primarily because most people read Bostrom's initial This is a spoiler work. for what? Bostrom's initial writing. Oh, the book, you mean? Oh, oh. Yes, not the book. He actually wrote a chapter before he wrote a book. Oh, okay. So the book is secondary. I'm talking about his initial writing associated with this. And what's particularly curious is that most people don't actually get to the conclusion in his initial writing. They just, as you do, opine about how amazing it is to read all this wonderful stuff, and they never actually get to the conclusion, which meant when he started his continued writing on this, he could take a completely different perspective, and no one had actually read to the conclusion. <laughs> which I think, look, if I'm going to give the man credit, I'll certainly give him credit for that. My concern was, coming into it, my experience writing Noble Ape for the 12 or so years that I'd written it up until the point Boston had written his work, gave me a series of quite basic counterexamples to a number of the early premises that he kind of stacked up to get to his conclusion. Okay. And my concern through this, having gotten to my conclusion, was that we needed a new group of intellectuals, a new group of philosophers, a new group of, I guess, fundamentally linguists, because they have to create a new language, in order to understand where we are currently. And people that project into the future a priori and get to these amazing oh, yeah. conclusions aren't really part well, of the contemporary discussion. Well, it's always dangerous. I mean, that's, you know, do you really think he's so stupid as to not realize that, that he's in dangerous water when he talks like that? When you, when you, in, I've not had any primary interaction, I've had secondary interaction with Boston. You realize actually that he is part of a collective that do not want any external input. And when <laughs> well, they... I'll have to start, you know, if I continue this book and I continue to like it, then I, I mean, because I've never even seen a YouTube video of him talking. I imagine yes. there's considerable a amount few. out there. Yes. So, um, you know, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into it if I, yeah. you know, because frankly, again, all this shit just doesn't make one bit of difference to me. This is just your story. You well, know, and it may be a good story. It may be factual. It may be all sorts of things, but... I'm having fun reading it. Certainly. But where's Bostrom's story in this? Pardon? Where's Bostrom's story in this? That's what you're enjoying, right? 
I'm not has, enjoying the book. Well, which is his story, right? No. Well, it's his. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, it's I mean, let's use the same kind of not his whole story. It's just clearly. His, it's a book. You're not getting my whole story here either. Okay. Okay. So we've been interacting now for about six years, and I've provided you a periodic points, examples of my work, some which you've liked, some which you've said is way over your head, and a variety of other things. But as an existential human being, as you acknowledge the fact that our conversations have been relatively unique, you might think of me as a complete buffoon, a dancing monkey, which has been coming through various listener participation correspondences as well. <laughs> really? But through this... <laughs> Through this... Yeah, I've been having another glass of wine. Definitely. I think this is a five-glass <laughs> night. I don't want to throw out any spoilers for the listeners, but it's only going to get bluer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, I guess my perspective is, love this guy. Post his writing, that's fine. Well, but I'm just hoping to get some... Credentials, yeah. Hold the same credentials, mm -hmm. provocative and otherwise, to this fellow as you do to me, a human being that's oh. currently interacting with you. And yeah. On, on the other hand, uh, there are times to, uh, you know, leave a lot of slack in the line, especially in the beginning, you know, when you don't really know what you're getting involved in. Yeah. And so I tend, listen, I think you must know I'm about as critical as you can get about some shit, you know, probably not about others, but, but, um, but that's not my strat. Well, I mean, that is my strategy too. If I mean, a lot of stuff I start. I mean, I won't, I can't get past the first three or four pages before I just say, "Fuck this! This is bullshit." You know? And maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. But my crap detecting machine catches on pretty quickly. Other well, times, like to assert that we're going to discuss more topics where I'd like to assert something slightly different. Oh, well, well, it may be. Well, that may that would be good. I'd look forward to hearing this. <laughs> Yes. But yeah. yeah, I mean I I I'm getting to an age now where I don't, you know, I don't care anymore. I mean, I really don't care. I think I'm very pleased <laughs> <laughs> with what I've done and the bosses yeah. of this world can continue to do what they've done and they will attract certain people. Well, that's why I see it is what yeah. the fuck does it have to do with you anyway? It's just some guy with his ideas and his stories sharing them. Let's imagine another conversation where two people are conducting a podcast and someone says, who gives a fuck about that Heron Stone? He's never done anything meaningful. Yeah. You know, what's the purpose of even caring about him? Right. And I'd say absolutely none unless you think there is. So anyway. Fine. Move yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, my perspective is... I mean, that's true for probably 90, at least 90% of people. Yeah. Can you imagine someone developing theories that were completely contradictory to you by not talking to people? Uh, say that again? So you've, you've gathered some of your insights through talking to a lot of people. Oh. And that actually is quite important in your general story, particularly associated oh, with Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. So imagine a yeah. theorist develops completely contradictory hypotheses by not talking to people. Well, that would be another theory that was developed in a situation that didn't involve talking to real people. And consider that you were talking to someone who considered that this person's work had considerably more validity than your own. Well, I'd probably have to read it then and see what I think about it. Well, let's consider that you have read it. And let's well, but we can't you... consider we have Well, no, it, but because that's just a thought hypothesis. You don't have a person in front yeah, of you. Some, you can't make certain things up. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, that you can't just do anything in a thought experiment. Come on. Well, why not? Isn't that the purpose of thought experiments? No, the purpose of a thought of ex experiment is to create some sort of plausible situation that you can actually think yourself through. You're asking something that's impossible. Wittgenstein's thought experiments didn't consider that. A lot of them. Yeah, you're right. A lot of them did. <laughs> I mean, but a lot of them did. Views of no, those. but a lot of them did. Okay. Well, and if Wittgenstein didn't. was here I w or there then, I would have argued with... The audio's dropped once again. Some then. Hello? You're yeah, there? Yeah. No, for some you're reason... Just... Yeah, no, when you get on maximum rant, for some reason, <laughs> time just compresses. <laughs> it it just... cuts out. And... Okay. Anyway. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll try to slow down here. <laughs> Contain myself. Well, having, having had these... Dis well, actually, I didn't really have these discussions with, you, with computer theology because... 
I don't know. I mean, at the time, you were enjoying it so much. So much yeah, well, yeah, it was a fun read, yeah. and uh, it got me to think about stuff in ways I hadn't thought about stuff before, and I found it extremely useful. I was really disappointed when I got to the end and, and found that it didn't – well, it just – in any case, the, the trip was a nice trip. You know, that's all I can say. Yes, yes. Do you have another topic? Uh, well, it's sort of on the thing. I mean, it was just this whole idea about artificial life, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- that that's such a vague term. Yeah, we're it, not we're not in disagreement here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it term. really needs. So. I mean, because there's really at least half a dozen different disciplines involved yeah. here, and and, and uh, well, by necessity, it needs to be interdisciplinary. There's no other way uh, to approach well, it. Right? Well, defi- well, I, I don't know, but, oh, but in you any could case, think about the term artificial life is just too damn vague. There, it yeah. needs to be type one, type two, type three, type four, like diabetes. <laughs> Yeah, right. There you go. They're they're different. They're distinct. Uh, they're but not who's unrelated. Keep track of what the types mean? Pardon? Who's going to keep track of what the types mean? Aren't you just increasingly obscuring an already obscure term? No, I don't think so. You're articulating it. You're you're giving meaning to the the words. Well, what does a number With, have in meaning terms? Well, like it's well, type one, three, five, and well, seven. One, well, for instance, one whole idea is literally. Cr- creating biological organisms that have artificially created DNA. Yes. Which is typically called within the fraternity wet artificial life. Yeah. Okay. Wet. Okay. Well then that's, that's good. As long as these turn, as long as these kinds of distinctions can be made and everybody understands what the fuck they're talking about, Mm. then, then that's what I'm talking about is that that's a whole different thing than something like noble ape. (laughs) You know, I mean, they're not attempting to do the same thing. They're just, they're different games, but they're not totally unrelated, Mm. (laughs) you know? So, um, that's all. It's just struck me. I'm hope. I mean, I don't know why there's any argument in the community. It seems this, the argument is because their definitions are too fucking broad. If they, well, their argument is based on the length of time that they've been in a particular perspective and their insights based. Well, there's that too. But I'm I'm just talking about. There's no point in even arguing about if you're into wet artificial intelligence and you're into uh, uh, you know artificial life and some other kind. There's no argument between them. Well, no, that's academics just, uh, this is these what arguments, I'm, right? I mean, this is the whole purpose of academia in many regards, uh, particularly in the humanities. Well, in the humanities. It's I mean, certainly, no, you're, that's one of the reasons I laugh. Sociology, sociology. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, no. You know. Well, it's the individuals within there. I mean, obviously, yeah. the disciplines don't have intentions, but the human beings yeah. in those institutions certainly do. Yeah. And uh, that's why I left academia. Yeah. <laughs> Because, but there are some wonderful people there, but uh, the whole institution just sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, as we've drawn the people away, is now the time that we start talking about the sex side, the cam side? Oh, you know, there's really almost nothing to talk about. Oh, Uh, I believe there is here. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then, yeah. (laughs) I have, a, I, uh, I have a little narrative here, but please give give your introduction to me. No, well, no, there's. I mean, I've, I've. I mean, I'm beginning to question whether there's really any hope of having anything good happen here. Uh, but it, it doesn't cost me anything to try, so I just, you know, the thing is, I, the question is whether I actually pay attention to it all the time or whether I just sort of come back to it every ten minutes and look and see. You know, I mean, if I'm going to actually have to. You know, work it. Yes. <laughs> then um, I'm not sure it's going to be. Well, I may if that's. I just don't know. You know. Let's I, take a step back here because yeah. I think. So I think either the night it was the night after the recording. You see, I got to point out that I was genuinely naive here, Heron, when I spoke to you last week. N- naive? What do you mean? I didn't. I kind of had this picture in my mind's eye of a series of attractive men and women. You know, on a site. And you being in amongst them, and it was just being like, a, and this is not the case. No, it's pretty blatant. This is not the case. And nope. I went on the site, as a few of our listeners have done. I've had some yeah. interesting correspondences with listeners that tried to find you. And 
quite frankly, I don't know how. I, it's interesting because when we talked, I was. Well, no, that, this is exactly part of the big problem: is that having to get through the wall of penises yes. is going to stop a lot of people. You know. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so Heron and I talked about this last Sunday, where I introduced the idea of the wall of penises, because <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> Quite frankly, you need to be very like you need to be ready for this. You need to brace yourself, in fact. And you can't really get ready for. I this. was not ready. I was yeah. in no way ready. <laughs> yeah, it's not a common sight to most heterosexual males. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and what struck me as particularly strange was. The diversity, I mean, the diversity of body types, the diversity of penis types. Oh, there's, yeah, yeah. It, it's a fascinating world. You know, you could just, you could, well, there's a lot, you know, as a sociologist, it's, it's just full of interesting possibilities. Well, this is where it gets curious, because I guess my experience was, firstly, I wanted to find your profile, which I found out, and you've confirmed. Did you read it? Yeah, I mean, No, no, uh, no, no, the, no. The I can only see your bio if you're online. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's not something that just exists on this website. It's something that needs to intersect with you being online. Okay. All right. And this was the feedback from other listeners as well. Well, I could just leave it online, I suppose. You know, I don't just think turn the, the camera off. That. You know. Oh, I see. Well, well, well who knows? I don't. I don't anyway. care. You know. Yeah. So I spent probably about half an hour on the website. I spent about five to ten minutes trying to go through the wall of penises to find you. <laughs> Heron! Heron! You know, brushing aside penises as I was kind of scurrying yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, trying not to look. Yeah, well, I it's know. not trying not to look. It's trying to find your profile. And no, I know. I, I penises know. and I testicles. Yeah, it's and, really, it's really, yes. that's a high cost for trying to get to, you know, yes. it would be much easier to just go to, you know, uh, <laughs> what was interesting was I don't think I actually learnt... I mean, it wasn't a scientific study. I don't think I learnt anything about penises having gone through the wall of penises. No, probably not. But anyway... That's your shortcoming, see. <laughs> I mean, if, if you were a better anthropologist, you probably would have noticed all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think shortcoming is a right, a right term for the wall of penises. But moving on from that. <laughs> so, <laughs> the... I went to the heterosexual area just to try and understand what was going on, in particular because you'd mentioned some of the women, you know, had thousands of men in their Yeah, 6,000 is the most I've ever seen. Yeah, well, Over I went to, 6, I, the, the, clearly in rating, there was a woman having a bath, and that was the page that I ended up on. And what it was was a whole series of men talking about football. Yeah, scores. yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. And for me, it's yeah, I remember me. that. Men Clearly. talking about football while a, a naked lady is in the bathtub. Yes. Uh, yeah. And the naked lady was kind of bored. I mean, the whole thing was like really, yeah. like having gone and through the wall. This was on the first page. This yeah. had a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it had a, a 15, 14, 1500 people. And the interesting thing was that she had a bouncer. Well, she probably just was relaxing from after the dildo play. You know? No, I don't think that was the case because she had a bouncer. People couldn't ask her about her bra size, her ethnicity, and where she lived <laughs> in the like, world. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So Still you'd have all these talking about the Seahawks <laughs> or what have you, and then someone said, you know, D question mark, and they were immediately kicked off. <laughs> someone said, are you from the Philippines? Immediately kicked off. It was a bit like the, um, the Monty Python sketch associated with the... You know, how fast would the swallow... Is it an African swallow or an Indian swallow? And then the guy flung, <laughs> flung off into space. I mean, that's the way I imagined it here. Are you a D-cup? You know, off into space. It was all very surreal to me. The main thing that I found was I didn't think it was particularly erotic. Like, it was kind of curious, but I just didn't think it was, like, erotic. Well... And the men that yeah. were there clearly didn't think... It was actually, like, more a social hangout for them. I don't know what it. I think. I think. And no one was. I tipping. think it's very different in different rooms. Some, yeah, you know. I, the one thing I guess I can take away from my explorations there is that I'm unable to come to any conclusions about much of anything. Well, what's curious about this is that I think your friend pointed you to a place that could not. I mean, I can't understand how you could s get any financial independence in that environment. Oh well, like I say, some of the women there are making real good money. But I was in—I was on the, in the I top didn't ten page. I didn't suspect that I would make much. No, money. no, but I was like in say, the top the, ten the page. Most, uh, in any men's room I've ever seen is like nine hundred or so. The bathing woman 
was yeah. not getting tips and she was in the top 10 page. There was nothing necessitating no, they, no, her. Oh, no, you're right. It, just continue because she to, had a lot of people in the room doesn't mean they're giving you money. Yeah. But she wasn't doing anything either. She was uh, bored in a bathtub. Other ones have got dildos stuck in them. Well, I mean, and, I, and I they're perused. making plenty of money. <laughs> well, you say this again. Oh, I can see part, the tips. I can these see are part it. of the romantic visions that you portray associated with this particular well, it's website. It's not romantic. It's just I'm just telling you what I've seen. That's all. That's not in, what I saw. In, in, well, okay, so you saw something different. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But I guess my perspective through this, and certainly this has come through. I will say a minority of the list, the feedback that mm-hmm. has contacted me, but certainly a few listeners. Mm-hmm. contacted me and said clearly there have to be better ways <laughs> for Heron to get his information out like oh, clearly yeah. yeah oh sure of course there are you know i just haven't found them yet well, no, but i mean <laughs> this is where it gets very bizarre because the whole meetup thing could yeah, actually yeah, net you yeah, an yeah, audience no you're right i'm still looking at that i'm yeah no you're right um Thank you. You're, thank you for reminding me of that because that's. And I mean, I'm I'm starting to delve into the murky waters that is Kickstarter with yeah. the view that by this time in February, I'll yeah, you know, you've mentioned out. this a couple of times, and and you know what I realize now is that Kickstarter is a good advertising campaign. Exactly. You know, it doesn't make any difference what the fuck you do. Yeah. Then. <laughs> you know, it's really about getting your stuff out there. Exactly. <laughs> You know, whether you get the money or not, who cares? I mean, if you get it, cool. If you don't, eh. yeah. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I mean, no, my perspective is... No, I think you're right. I'm sorry. I, I think you're right. Actually, I think I think it is time. I'm ready to go into Kickstarter. I just don't have a clue. But maybe you and I can exactly. talk about that sometime. Yes. Because I, I can see doing that now. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the barrier for entry associated with Kickstarter is far lower than this CAM site. And really what the CAM <laughs> site has shown, not only me, but a number of our listeners, yeah. is that all this long lead up to, oh, you have to be careful and, oh, you've got to do all this planning and you don't know what you're doing. I mean, clearly on some level you know what you're doing, Heron. Well, right? I, you can't go with that well, line no, anymore I, I when know, you're on well, a CAM site. No, I, I got a... I I got, I've got most of... There are some... Major pieces missing still, though, and um, that well, still this bothers. This is just your story, yeah. right? Of course. Well, what else do I have? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you need to like start to do a little Stonian deconstruction associated yeah, okay. with your story. Well, uh, what do you think these past couple of years have been for? They tend to be mainly filled with excuses. As someone that's listened, uh, it may be that, but to undo fifty years. 60 years. But of, a webcam of, site of just completely negates all of that narrative. Really? Yeah, no, I think, I think, and certainly I was kind of asserting this last week, although I wasn't as well, as well educated as I am now associated with this whole <laughs> cam girl thing. Yeah. Um, every time I see that, I see you with Pippi Longstocking plaits in your head. <laughs> I just, I can't look at your face when I say it anymore. It's just not even credible. Yeah. But I guess, I guess I was really naive when I spoke to you last week and having educated myself well, I, and a I number of listeners yeah. have educated themselves yeah. as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm, like I say, I'm uh, seriously thinking that this probably isn't going to work. I mean, after, uh, three times there, um, it's beginning to not look like a profitable uh, procedure. But on the other hand, it doesn't cost me anything. Well, what's to your just... t- total currently? Oh, I'm up to like uh, 70 now. 70 cents. No, no, you know, something like that. I don't remember now, okay. but it's, it's uh, yeah, 70 cents. Yeah. No, that's fucking irrelevant. That doesn't. Well, no, but I mean, you say it's, you say. Well, no, it's the beginning. I mean, if, yeah, obviously, if it stays like that, uh, then this is going to be history, but. Uh, so, I mean, after 12 months, you might make, like, two bucks. <laughs> well, but if I've got a whole bunch of people who come and want to talk about serious shit, hmm. then uh, it might be interesting. But the problem is that they're going to have to deal with, if when you're yeah, not yeah, online, yeah, the wall well, of penises. But, no, but you can go directly into a room. I'm sure there's a way. Yeah, in fact, I know there's a way to do that. So, uh, well, but how are people going to, to discover you? Yeah. Pardon? Oh, well, you know, listen, I don't know. You know, word of mouth, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, like I say, it doesn't cost me anything to just and experiment. For when right we now. talked about this last week, I had a naive sense that there would be 
means for heterosexual men and heterosexual women and a wide variety of demographics just to stumble upon you in this no, circumstance. No, no, it, it's... <laughs> nobody's going to stumble. Now we're wiser. Both of yeah. us seem to be wiser no, no, to it's this. Real, that's real clear. Yeah. That's real, but I, I knew that going in. I mean, that's obvious. It's a fucking porn site. With, <laughs> well, know, no, it's not, just, it's not just a fucking porn site. It's a fucking porn site where in order for someone to reach you, they need to go through... The wall of penis. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a high barrier. I, I'm be, yeah. Like I say, I, I, I'm not sure this is going to work out, but, you know, uh, it's like... And again, I mean, the main thing is that there's zero cost to try it. Well... I guess this is what's interesting. Well, even a smaller component of the correspondence that I had, yeah. I certainly wouldn't assert this personally, yeah. unless I was really angry with you, which might happen, <laughs> was that this whole notion that there's no cost to do it uh-huh. is, in fact, not true, because okay. basically you're wasting your time for a start. No, I'm not. Second, I'm not wasting my time at all. Okay. Uh, is, that's the whole point. I have to be here to do my podcast. I'm here working on stuff, writing stuff, reading stuff, doing stuff. I'm just here. That's all. I'm so going to be here anyway. When we first talked about this last week, you said uh, that you were delving into topics associated with sexuality specific and intimacy specifically for your time that you were spending on this campsite. And now uh, you well, seem to be yeah. saying... Well, well, the thing is, I can't spend my time doing anything if nobody wants to talk. <laughs> Well, you, you know. kind of were asserting initially when we talked this evening that you'd be happy just pottering around doing your stuff well, that's until what someone engaged with Well, you. that's the thing is, unless I have to keep the thing going. That's the thing is, if I have to continually be sort of rapping mm-hmm. about shit, yeah. then, then I'm probably not going to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I might try it one time mm. just, to, just to see if it makes a difference. Uh, I suspect, well, I just don't know. You know, but if I'm not willing to to put in yes that much time to this test, yes. <laughs> you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but like I say, the way it, the way it is now, it costs me nothing because I'm here anyway, and I'm reading or writing or doing arithmetic. You know. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, certainly the criticism that I received from some listeners. Was just, it's interesting that they that they write to you, but they don't write to me. I'd encourage them to write to you as well. What the fuck is the matter with you people? <laughs> <laughs> you write to Tom to complain about me? Well, I guess they feel that I will summarize huh. these things appropriately. I guess that's the general assertion. But yeah, I would be frustrated as well. So I, I don't have much more to say about this topic aside from, you know... What, what is the topic, anyway? Oh, the, the hair in the cam the, girl. The, the cam guy. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, yeah. It, was a, it was a crazy idea, you know? It was just an idea that popped into my head. No, I mean, it was an idea that you were encouraged about. I mean, I think... Uh, I was? Yeah. No, I, mean, no, I didn't I, even talk about it to anybody. Yes, you I, did. To who? Your friend who does well, this. Yeah, well, but that was after I'd already decided to do it. I called her because she knew something about the business. I don't, no, I never consulted her when I started thinking. I'm, I just knew. But no, look, Heron. Yeah. To be fair, we've been talking about this topic for more than a year. Oh, what you, topic? The cam girl phenomena. In particular, you know, personal financial independence through exposing yourself to the internet in this fashion. We talked about it more than a year ago, and it's been a... I don't know if it's been a periodic topic, but at least it's come okay. up on a, with a certain frequency. Okay, if, well, look, to me, it's sort of irrelevant. I don't well, Let me use another example. Yeah, yeah, okay. Our listener Paul has shared with me that he is independently financially free based on him reading a book and enacting a certain set of changes. I've been thinking about it too independently. I've purchased the book. This is something that I might explore. But having access to someone like Paul is very useful. And it probably enables me, if I wanted to, to correspond with him and ask questions and it kind of see, you know, so seed associated with this particular idea. I'm interested in the interaction, and you've talked about it openly. I mean, I don't feel I need to well, ask any minute, questions. I'm, I'm, about what? About your friend and your interaction associated with promoting this as a possible idea. I mean, true, it's partially your interaction, but certainly there have been kind of contributive insights that your friend has provided as well. 
Well, no, that's not what our relationship is about at all. I mean, okay. that's that we've almost never talked about it, except that she was uncomfortable talking about it. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, we have com- you, a completely separate issue is what draws us together. You've described in our last conversation, well, our last recorded conversation, that um, she gave you insights and pointers associated with going to the specific site and the way the site operated and these kind of things. Yeah, uh, when I decided to do this, I contacted her and asked her if she had any input for me. Mm. And she said, go to the site. And she said, that's one of the big ones, uh, you know. I mean, she. We really, it really wasn't much. It was she, she. just gave me the URL and said that's probably one of the biggest ones, and she knew people who were on it and that they seemed straight, and that was it. That was the input I got from her. Mm. So I went there, and <laughs> and the rest is history. I have no more questions for the witness. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole thing seems sort of trivial to me. I don't get, you know. I guess, I mean, what I return to here, and I did in some of our correspondence, it's not unique either, I mean, we talked about it with the Kundalini woman, is um, this gentleman who I've been introduced to thanks to YouTube called Tipsy Bartender, who's an individual who makes mixed drinks with relatively attractive women and has done very well for himself based on that. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're missing in this is that mm. you need if you want to utilize sexuality <laughs> no that no i don't want to use that at all that that's just what that's just what was here that's all no i'd rather you don't want to use it it was just there and you used it well yeah that's i mean because i would yeah if if it was i mean if i'm designing something that's going to be zero part of it <laughs> you know anyway yeah it's just it just you know it was an idea that popped into my head and it was easy to uh to start, you know? Another topic that I want to present this evening. Okay. So, I don't... It's not... It's interesting when I even try to deconstruct this topic, so I'll just describe it and then talk about the ramifications, or at least my perspective on it. I tend to be considerably more trusting, and many would say naive, than you are with regards to approaching people and, you know, working with people, helping people out in certain circumstances. And one of these rather curious individuals that has gone on for about the past six months has been the Operation Christmas Train Set fellow, who contacted me roughly six months ago, who I met in Portland, Oregon, and who basically I've been assisting with his, you know, general promotion and work. We have severed all ties on his part uh, in the past week. And it's not really taken a lot of time on my part, but it just kind of struck me as curious that many of the things that we want to do going into the future require us to interact with language monkeys, right? (laughs) You got that. Damn. And if we don't... Fucking talk about something that spoils the whole thing. (laughs) We can live like hermits, but not really continue on. And I guess my perspective is I've had probably a dozen or so of these kind of interactions. The one I always talk about is the podcast that I helped out with where, you know, I gave a relatively negative review associated a product with, with product that a sponsor, you know, had promoted through their magazine, and that basically got me kicked off the podcast. No. Yeah. He actually appears... Surprise, surprise. He actually appears in an early Stone Ape recording. I think it might be Stone Ape 19, the gentleman who was part of all this debacle. So... I guess my perspective with the Operation Christmas Train Set guy was it had to happen. It was just the circumstances in which it happened that struck me as relatively curious. He'd lost his job. Well, he'd lost multiple jobs. He hadn't really kept a job for any length of time. And we communicated on Saturday. In fact, he sent me a series of uh, texts and various other things through a variety of social channels that I very rarely use, including text messages to an old phone number and Skype messages and nothing where I would normally communicate, which struck me as very curious. So, and let me read or just for myself, Facebook is your primary method of yeah, communication. Facebook or email. Okay. Facebook or email are the okay. two easiest ways, right. and he didn't use either of okay. these. All right. So then uh, I spoke to him, well, I spoke with him on Saturday, and he indicated that he'd lost two of his jobs. And I said, as the advice I'd given him on multiple prior occasions when he'd lost his jobs, was um, he needs to invest time in himself, in, you know, finding work and getting himself to a position where he can actually do what he needs to do with this charity. Well, he probably ne- needs to not be such an asshole. Well, let's <laughs> <laughs> Why does he keep losing these jobs? <laughs> yes, well, anyway. 
Um, interestingly enough, in this conversation, he said that it was hard for the white man to find work or in today's society, which probably should have, you know, pointed out to me. And he said, you know, all these immigrants. And I it's said, well... It's hard for the white man to... <laughs> the white man, yes. too, probably, right? Yes. <laughs> Not just a so white So I kind of let this stuff slide off my back, and I didn't really... It's just the shit he says, you know? People say shit. Yeah. I don't think too... Well, but anymore. that's all we have, is yes, the, shit the shit we say. say. Yes. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Anyway, kind of jokingly, I said to him, well, you know me, I'm one of these, uh, you know, migrants taking American jobs. Anyway, that was at about 9 p.m. And by 11.15, again, I turned my cell phone off, or I have it so it doesn't disturb me after a particular time. My cell phone was inundated with communication from him at about 11.15, which, funnily enough, I didn't see until 7 p.m. the next day because I just don't touch my personal cell phone. And it was... Three incredibly long text messages that went on for pages and pages and pages and pages. But it concluded with him saying that uh, he wanted our relationship going forward to be purely a business relationship. It was nothing personal, purely business. And I thought, well, that's a very curious that's way. That's what to, it was, wasn't it? It's <laughs> a very curious way to put it. And then I realized that he blocked me on Facebook. He'd removed himself from you know, model rail radio. He'd removed himself from a variety of model rail radio participants. Uh-huh. And yeah. he just decided to leave the building as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Okay. Very kind of curious. In circumstances. I've heard from people that did remain friends with him that he went on a wide variety of anti-immigrant Oh, who knows? Maybe follow. he's going through some shit. You Clearly know? he is. I mean, yeah. Clearly he is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not arguing with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just struck me as very curious because I've gotten out of my way to assist him in a variety of circumstances. I've always been pleasant and polite with him. Um, And yeah. And I guess my reflection on this is that, you know, I've had a number of people in my life who, you know, initially appear to be in my corner. And I will always try... I, I, by, you know... You actually thought. believe all this stuff you're telling me, don't you? Uh, no, it's not that I believe what I'm telling you. I'm saying that my behaviour which I can point to in a variety of cases. Yeah, but your interpretation of your behavior is your interpretation of your behavior. Oh, and clearly this guy's interpretation of my behavior is a migrant who's stealing American jobs and results in not being able to hold his security guard position at a university for a day. Is that that's fucking reality. Yes, people. You know, I mean, it has, it's yeah. nothing to do with them in particular. It's the it's the nature of the language. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we're stuck in that position. But the only reflection I've had is associated with: Do I need to change my behaviour when these people come into my life, or do yes. I just? <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. Otherwise, well, you don't have to, but uh, if you don't, then you're going to continue to get the same bullshit. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out myself, you know, how to deal with these fucking language monkeys. It's it's not easy. You've got no complaints from me, Heron. <laughs> no complaints whatsoever. Yeah, uh, and that's why I've just become a her- hermit. I found it was just easier to just not have anything to do with them at all, you know, and I really, I love it. I mean, I, again, I realize I spend a huge amount of time alone, and that pro- that alone would freak out most people. I mean, with, without a TV, anyway, <laughs> you know. But, damn, uh, you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> I, I was going to make a joke very similar to the joke that I made last week, and I thought probably the audience would recognize that because they're familiar with what I said last week. Yeah, but I won't. <laughs> well, I just... You spend a good period of time alone, except for the small periods of time where... You know, you are unwittingly, in some regard, a group of men's, you know, sexual gratification. <laughs> Except for that, yeah. Except for that part. But yeah. everything else, yeah, is alone. Yeah, but see, that just is of absolutely no concern to me. I mean, I just couldn't care less about that. <laughs> you that know? not your response when I mentioned it last week, but anyway. Well, it's just... Well, actually, and there aren't that many... Again, I, I don't think more than ten people showed up altogether uh, this time. So you. So what's happening is some of your regulars are coming back, but well, I didn't. I didn't see any of them t- today. Mm. Uh, they were all new. Mm. And I did get a couple of ads. I'm up to like thirty 
39 people or something that are following. Well, but that's, cannot, that's but, an improvement. Well, yeah, but it, I don't think it really means anything. Mm. It's just a number. You know, people click on shit. I yeah, we talked last week associated with if you spent more time online, would it be better for you? But I think, yeah. Well, again, I, I just... Uh, right now, my commitment is to do it on the when I'm do, here anyway, doing my podcast. Mm. You know, and so it just doesn't involve any anything extra from me. How know? how many people turn up to your Teamspeak thing on a regular basis? Oh, almost none. Okay, yeah. I mean, otherwise, yeah. If I was happy with what I was getting there, I wouldn't be wasting my time trying to see that things. You know. Yes. But again, I, I'm really not pushing any of this stuff. I'm just sort of throwing a line out, you know. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not really ready. I, I'm not ready to push it because I don't really have anything to back it up with right now. Mm. I mean, certainly. Look, I, I have the same self doubt associated with this Kickstarter, and then I think to myself. Usually, when I'm on stronger migraine medication, I'll point out. <laughs> Fuck this self-doubt, Tom. Put yourself out there and do yeah. it. Yeah, well, th- there's a that's certainly one story to go with. Yeah, I know? mean, it's interesting because when I'm not on this migraine medication, I'm working out... This is a community story that I was going to throw in anyway, but I'll mention yeah. it. Our tenants are moving out, and I've, not, I've worked from home over the past three days in order to avoid the theft circumstance. Well, today we actually had a theft circumstance, but it was considerably different. We parked the car on the opposite side of the street so Uh-oh. the tenants could move stuff in and out. <laughs> yeah. And when we came to leave, we had a ticket on the car from the city for $60 because they claimed to st- sweep the streets on a f- the fourth Friday of the month. Yeah. Talking except last except week, that they don't they do They don't that. do it. <laughs> Ah, interesting. We got the ticket, Ah, but we didn't get the street swing. Ah, ah, so the question now is, do you go to court? (laughs) Well, that was my wife's initial thing. I took the ticket from her and the It's probably better to just pay the fucking ticket. This city will waste your time no matter what you do. It won't make one fucking bit of difference. Exactly. Well, it could get you, it could save you 60 bucks, but the chances of that are probably pretty slim. Yeah, my hourly rate would mean... Yeah, yeah, it's not worth (laughs) it. It's not worth it in any way, shape, or form. But yes, it was an interesting neighborhood theft experience without the usual neighborhood theft experiences. Well, 60 bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So I guess my perspective is if you want to put yourself out there, you have to engage with people on some level. (laughs) There's no escaping. There you go, Tom. People write this down. (laughs) And it, I think, is probably associated with emotional preparedness. More than anything. On what? Oh, wait a minute. Say, uh, okay, you lost me there. Back up a little bit. In interacting with the language monkeys, uh-huh. you just need to prepare yourself for interacting with oh, the language monkeys. I, I'm already... I, I, listen, I'm prepared for that. I, that's... <laughs> I know how to do that. <laughs> you know? Well, it's interesting because I guess... I mean, certainly through our conversations, maybe because we haven't talked about women, we... Yeah. I, I don't see or hear the kind of preparedness... Associated with dealing with, like, well, have you listened to any of my podcasts from my stuff? Heron, I talk to him all the time. Yeah, I, well, I understand that, but that is yeah. still that's still a short term interactive perspective with sure. the majority of them. Yeah, with oh yeah, of, of course. Of yeah, time. yeah, that's well, that's exactly the yeah. point. I don't want anything to do with people on a continuing basis. For the most part, they're a bunch of fucking language monkeys. Hmm. Why would I want them in my life? Well, because you, if you put yourself out there, you are in. Well, you can you can create a membrane. I mean, let's look at Robert Anton Wilson as the um, <laughs> example of that. Clearly, a man who's put a membrane between himself and many others in the past, and you've experienced this firsthand. Yeah, but in getting to where he was, he probably did considerably more interactive, experiential things. And from my perspective... Well, he worked, yeah, for yeah, he so, worked yeah. <laughs> with people. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, but see, that's the thing is, um, you know, I don't think I have... I mean, the people I compare myself to are like superstars. They're like, you know, they're like Nobel laureate kind of people. I don't think I have that level of... You know, some, I mean, and that always amazed me how Nobel laureates could be married and have a family and, and, and yeah, all that shit. Yeah, we discussed this previously. Yeah, and I still feel the same way. Um, you know, I have such limited capacity that I, I, I just don't have time for other shit. 
You know, it's just, it, it would overwhelm me. And so the only way I could do what I've done, which is not that much, but whatever I've done, is by not having any distractions. It yeah. sucks. <laughs> it's interesting because I guess, yeah, I mean, in the people that I've met who've not been Nobel laureates, but have come close, like being in teams that have been nominated and these kind of things. Well, people who can do, who mm-hmm. can lead these complex lives, personal mm-hmm. lives and family lives mm-hmm. and their scientific but it al- lives. It almost seems that there's a necessity to be able to do that coherently in order to be in the, you know, at least offered Nobel prizes kind well, of Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But they, the fact is they do it. Yes, exactly. They're able to do it, yeah. you know. And uh, it was clear to me that I'm not. Mm. You know, I mean, I have to, I, I can't be distracted with, with trying to deal with fucking language monkeys. Yeah. But where does that put you in, like, fulfilling some of your often stated goals? Well, I don't think it's a problem. I think I just need to get the situation defined in such a way that I can deal with it, you know? Yeah. And, I, and again, my sense is, uh, this is all, you know, I'm quite comfortable actually where i am right these days i don't have all the answers quite yet but my sense is this stuff is starting to fall into place Mm. it may take another year who knows it could take longer but my sense is it's beginning to solidify but you know i don't know (laughs) yeah anyway heron it's been an extraordinarily long week for me and I wanted to just have the opportunity to catch up. So it's been a relatively brief conversation, but I think it's my physical capacity for this evening. Do you have any last topics you want to throw out? Mm, no. Very good. Well, we will talk in a week's time, hopefully. Okay, good Take night. Care.